1: The perfect hire can have an impact on your business for years to come. So when you need to find that next person to help grow your business, LinkedIn Jobs will match the right talent with your open role fast. LinkedIn has over 675 million members worldwide. LinkedIn Jobs screens candidates with the hard and soft skills you're looking for so you can hire the right person fast. Things like collaboration, creativity, Adaptability. LinkedIn looks beyond the work skills and puts your job post in front of qualified candidates who match your business requirements perfectly. That's how LinkedIn makes sure your job post is seen by the people you want to hire. People with the skills, qualifications, and other interests that help your business grow. It's no wonder a person is hired every eight seconds with LinkedIn. And why companies rated LinkedIn Jobs the number one hiring platform for delivering quality hires. Find the right person for your business today with LinkedIn Jobs. You can pay what you want and get the first $50 off. Just visit linkedin.com slash team. Again, that's linkedin.com slash team to get $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. Boys, it's Jeremy W. Miller.
2: Neil
0: the rebound. Kevin Alley brings it up. Throws it across. Miller to- Rebound for his ninth. 18 points, nine rebounds, six assists. Oh, Oh, a Double time! Miles Turner! Yeah! Welcome to the NBA, my friend! Turner sets the screen. Oh, 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 no! Oh, no! Don't let him throw it down like that!
1: Victor, on the deep
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Born Ready to Pod podcast
1: welcome to episode 81 of the born ready to pod podcast i am chris cook here with me as always jake like jake like jake light and eric hawk folks how's it going well
2: you just called me by the wrong last name even though i've known you pretty much my whole life so i think the quarantine is starting to get to you chris well, COVID, You are, are, you have the COVID-19 over
1: there? I will say, even though it's not a symptom, my throat's been kind of itchy on and off this week.
0: <laughs> Boy, yeah, I just wouldn't do much.
1: Um, so, yeah, how's it going, Hawk? I mean, we're, we're on a Skype video call right now and can't see Hawk's face, so this is kind of awkward. Hawk can't figure out his Skype troubleshooting video camera. So, Hawk, what's going on over in Kempton? uh i just got done from a day's work
0: and uh it's been a nice day so saw some people out moving about a little more kind of social distance from each other so a day to lift the spirits and i guess just keep grinding
1: and i also heard we i mean we talked about doing uh a ted talk uh with you going over symptoms is that still on the uh discussion board here today or did you not write that
0: no, we don't necessarily – I can just ramble at some point about it if you guys want. I don't really need to prepare any.
1: All right, that works for me. Um, anyways, while we are here today, uh, we have big episode for you planned today. First segment here, we're going to do our top five lists, worst Pacer players uh, in the 21st century. So that's since 2000. Um, and we're going to do it like a draft style. So each of us will go – uh, back and forth and we're going to draft these players to our team and create one of the worst teams uh, ever assembled. I think I do want to make one point is a lot of people had expected this to be like, you know, uh, when I say worst players, they come up with like Evan Turner and Tyreek Evans. Yeah, those players were bad, but we're looking at like the absolute dog shit players here, right? That's, that's who we're looking at drafting.
2: The biggest dog shit players possible.
0: I want the worst of the worst. So, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of the guys that get drafted that you just that fade out that kind of make this criteria pretty easy, honestly.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, the players that we were getting suggested, Tyreek and all those guys, obviously they were bad players for the Pacers, but they weren't necessarily the worst. We were looking for players that were god awful. So, what we're going to do, snake draft here. Uh, Hawk had won the toss, so he gets first pick, followed by myself, and then Jake finishes up third. Uh, and we're going to do a snake draft, so then we're going to go back and forth here. So five spots on each roster. Uh, I don't know if, Hawk, you want to start this off with a song or some you know, sacred yell. We didn't plan this. But uh, you get it started with uh, an opening to the draft, and then you go along and do your first pick. Okay.
0: With the first pick in the 2020-20-born-ready-to-pod-worst Pacers basketball draft of all time, Eric Hawk selects TJ Leaf. I think it's just right. You know, he's not the worst player ever in a Pacers jersey, but he's on my team. That I think I'm going to be able to get through this draft. I don't know. I think it kind of, he kind of deserves to be number one out of recency bias.
1: Yep, that's uh, that's definitely a solid pick there. Uh, he definitely. Uh, yeah, I. I mean, he might have kind of picked him a little early, but I think that's you know a lot of people will agree with you there that that's a safe first overall pick uh, in TJ Leaf, uh, Kuiper over there, uh, Coach Light. What, what's your analysis on that pick?
2: I think that's a great pick. He's very high on my list. I mean, pretty much. I mean, recency bias does help, and I think that's going to be the most popular pick of the draft. I think that's uh, that's the face of the franchise for Hawk, and you got to go get a face of the franchise with your first uh, first overall pick. So, uh, not nice shot by Hawk. T.J. Leaf is effing terrible. So, yeah, that works.
0: Yeah, he's the Baker Mayfield of my team. <laughs> uh, okay, no comment. All
1: right, with the second overall pick, my team. Is going to select Ben Hansborough, point guard, 6'3 point guard from the University of Notre Dame. Uh, Ben played for the Pacers for one season, 2012 13. Uh, He only played in 28 games where he averaged a measly 2 points, 0.6 rebounds, and 1 assist per game. Uh, The thing about Ben that I liked about picking him this high was. He only made the roster. He was such a bad basketball player. He only made the roster because his big brother Tyler was on the team. Um, and let's all let's all be in agreement here. Tyler Hansburg wasn't a good enough player uh, to get the shitty brother at the end of the bench treatment. So this was kind of a questionable, you know, play by the Pacers. That's why I think he's a solid first round talent in my book, uh, and he's my pick. Two white
2: guys. Yeah, I just really. I mean. You gotta love that two white boys coming off the board early. Hansborough, I mean, he has the name recognition. He was a good uh, college player, but I think, like when you when we used to go to the uh, we used to go to the uh, fan jam, um, I remember seeing Ben Hansborough. And we were like, okay, he's obviously clearly not going to make the team. He's getting cut, and lo and behold, he actually made the team. And not just any team. I think he made that 2013 team, didn't he? Like he was like one of our better teams. It was like a solid roster. So it was just inexplicable. And uh, Ben Hansborough's a great pick. You got your point
0: guard in the future uh, for your shitty team. So that's that's huge. Yeah, I just remember Young kind of thinking, wow, we got the Hansboroughs. In three years, the NBA is going to be ours. And then, like, just actually sitting down and watching NBA games and being like, oh, yeah, never mind. This is never going to work. Why the hell is Ben Hansborough even close to on the Pacers? (laughs) Huge. And that's all
2: I got. I like it. Two solid picks. Two guys that were on my draft board. Um, however, with the third pick in the 2020 uh, shitty-ass Pacers draft, uh, Team McDouche will definitely select Shane Whittington. Three overall. I mean, I don't know how he <laughs> fell. Um, that's huge. <laughs> I don't know if he had signability ability issues with your guys' team, but this guy is just terrible. I mean, he... He is he is a deplorable basketball player, and he made the team twice. So in 2014-2015, uh, he got 5.4 minutes a game, which is way too high. Uh, but he ended up he ended up notching 2.9 points and 1.5 rebounds. He did have 0.1 blocks that year, and he almost uh, averaged a foul in those 5.4 minutes. Uh, so that's huge. And then of course in 2015-2016. He saw an uptick in minutes to 5.9. However, he only played in seven games. So, he was kind of a human victory cigar. Uh, He only played when we were just beating the shit out of somebody. So, uh, his points per game that second year did go down to 1.6 and 1.7 rebounds. So, Shane Whittington, I think, could be the shittiest Pacer player of all time. And for me to get him number three overall here, I'm feeling really good. Chris, I see you chuckling. Uh, What do you think,
1: uh, yeah, he was he was next on my best available. I was I was shocked that he went this far, but uh, I was going back and forth between him and Hansbrough there with the first pick. So solid pick there. Could have seen him going number one. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he was he was god awful. And you know, I bet if you pulled, uh, you know, a group of fans, let's just say you pull a group of a hundred Pacers fans, I think you know maybe ten of them would know who he is.
2: I, yeah, I, I literally – I just remember him because that was like – it seems like when you have good teams, like 2015, 2016, we were solid. It seems like when you have good teams, you always have like the shittiest players on the end of the bench because like, they're, they're the guys that are going to like play for like $20,000 a year or some shit, <laughs> and that's exactly what Shane Whittington was. I mean, good for Shane Whittington. He played two years for the
0: Pacers, but God, he's just terrible, the worst.
1: Any thoughts, like, any,
0: um, any Hawk? Yeah, the Whittington pick is an absolute steal there, number three. So for number four, I'm going to mix it up. I'm going to go with the, the big Wait, party.
1: wait, 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 wait. You don't get a pick. Oh, is it a snake draft? It's a snake draft. Whoa, you <laughs> – it is a snake draft. Okay, 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 okay. never mind. Then I'm not
0: going to pick. I'm going to I'm going to keep that one hidden. But Uh-oh. go ahead, Jake, okay. your fourth pick, so then.
2: After, after getting my franchise uh, player in Shane Whittington, uh, with the fourth pick in the 2020 shitty ass pacer draft uh the McDouche team will select Jeff ayers slash uh one of the all-time worst pacers uh he was just so terrible i mean it's it's incredible how terrible Jeff Ayers was he actually it's Jeff Pindergraph he was so terrible he had to change his name to Jeff Ayers like i got a guy that had the middle of his stream, he was so shitty um and let me just tell you this. This, is, this stat just says it all. In, in 20, the 2011-2012 season, he was 24 years old. Um, he shot a measly 57.1% from the free throw line. Okay, He was so shitty that the next year he ended up shooting 91.3% from the free throw line. Like, I've never heard of a jump like that. Um, I think he might have been on steroids, maybe on some HGH. He was really – or maybe Adderall, maybe something. But all I know is I got to start my draft with Shane Whittington and Jeff Pendergraf who was so shitty, he had to change his name to Jeff Ayers. And if you can just look up a picture of him, he just looks like – I mean, he's just got the dumbest smile on his face. And it just says, like, on, on his uh, Roto-Wire uh, bio, it just says 32-year-old free agent, and all it says is foreign. Like, so he's not even, like, remotely. Last time he played, he played with the Rikuhu Golden Kings, a Chinese club or a Japanese club. So that tells you all you
0: need to know. So, huge. I love your hatred for Ayers slash Pendergraft. The fact that he had to switch his name tells it all. I mean, that's just, that's another steal by you. I feel like a lot of people are forgetting these guys even existed. Yeah. yeah not, oh, no, not I. Oh, no, not I.
1: Yeah, I, I, uh, I remember him being the guy that you would always cheer for to go at the end of blowouts, so... Uh, if if that's the kind of guy that's you know at the end of your bench and you cheer for him to get minutes and the only time he gets minutes is when it's a blowout, he definitely makes the roster for one of the worst of all time.
0: Definitely. yeah, no
1: doubt. Uh, all right, with my next pick here, uh, this guy often gets forgotten. Uh, I like his size. Uh, he can play multiple positions. In today's NBA, he could probably play the three guard. Um, so I really like this guy. Uh, he had a lot of NBA experience, played for four teams uh, in the NBA, had a stop in Boston, Indiana, Sacramento, and he played three games with the New Jersey Nets. So a lot of NBA experience. I'm taking Orion Green, 6'5 point guard, from from the – From the 2006-2007 Indiana Pacers, Uh, he played 41 games with the Pacers that season, averaged one and a half points per game, 1.1 rebounds per game, and he was a point guard who averaged 0.5 assists per game. So his career averages uh, in those four seasons, or I should say three seasons plus three games, two and a half points per game, one and a half rebounds per game, and 1.2 assists per game. So... The biggest reason why I wanted him on my squad for the shitty Pacers draft is not mo- not just because of his shitty play on the basketball court, but it's also his off-the-court, uh, you know, he that also played a big role here. So uh, I want to tell you a little story here. Is and I don't know if you guys heard about this story. Back in 2017, Orion was arrested for breaking into two Florida homes and fondling a woman while she was sleeping. The woman woke up and yelled at him. He then immediately fled to his girlfriend's house where he was subsequently arrested. So, uh, not just for on the court there. I needed him for the off the court issue. So he's my pick there. Orion green, six, five point guard played one season with the Pacers. He's on my roster now.
0: Yeah. It's kind of the bill Cosby of the, the Pacers teams of this list. So yeah, that one makes a lot of sense. And the off field stuff, off court stuff definitely plays into a factor there. And, uh, Orion Green's going to make a great, great piece for your team, Chris.
2: And I like how, like, you have – I mean, he's clearly has some character flaws. Uh, but you know what? Now he's in the same locker room as Ben Hansbrough, who probably hasn't even – you know, he's never done anything wrong in his life. He's probably never even farted. Uh, so that's a hell of a tandem. Uh, so congratulations, Chris. You might you might have the one guy in the NBA history and Ben Hansbrough that can tame Orion Green and his uh, – is that need to fondle old women.
1: <laughs> All right, Hawk, you're up with uh, back-to-back picks here.
0: Okay, being back-to-back, this is nice. You know, I was not expecting the snake draft, and I got the snake draft. So here we go. I got a number – my second pick on my team, and I think it's the number five overall pick, six overall pick, seven?
1: Uh, it's six.
0: Six. Six overall pick, John Rudez. And I don't even know if I'm pronouncing his name right – I just know he kind of looks like a foreign Steve Kerr. And I remember when we drafted him, I think he was a second round guy, wasn't he? Um, I
1: think they signed him. I don't know if he was even drafted.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah you're right. They did sign him. He came in the league at 28. Averaged just south of four points and tw- or five points a game in tw- 68 games. Not a great field goal percentage kind of just got him for the foreign basketball aspect a little too old so i'm going to take him there at four or six and at seven i'm going to take jonathan bender so i'm just going to tell you both my picks so you can discuss back to back i remember jonathan bender was a little more hyped you know when we were younger when he got drafted and never really panned out in the league but you know he stuck around for what seemed like forever so uh jonathan bender wraps out my two picks there
1: yeah, so I'll start there because Jake's obviously has his dogs barking in the background, so he needs to handle that. But my analysis is number one uh, for uh, your your fir- your initial pick there uh, in Rudez, uh and I believe it's it's Damian Rudez. They they just called him Damo to make it easier. Uh, but anyways, uh, I'll, I'll just refer to him as Damo. He was traded uh, that year after the one season he played with the Pacers, uh, and. He played in that season where they didn't make the playoffs and they needed bodies and he still wasn't very good but anyways he was traded for he was traded for J- Chase Budinger and any time you're traded for that guy, that kind of just tells you right there that you're not very good. Um, and Chase now plays volleyball, so he could very well be drafted later on in this draft. I mean, he could be on somebody's roster. I'm not sure. Uh, but, yeah, that's a solid pick there. Uh, I, was, I was looking at picking him here uh, as it, the snake was coming back around. but And Jonathan Bender um i, I honestly I, th- I think you picked him a little too high i think the potential uh you know the potential that he had kind of was a saving grace everybody always believed that he was going to be good injuries obviously hampered that uh he was traded uh for antonio davis so uh, you know, I, I think just for the potential aspect, I think I think he kind of reached there on Bender, in my in my opinion. What do you think, Jake? Yeah, but look where I'm picking. I don't get another pick for a while. We got the snake, dude. You see your guy,
0: you got to get him. That's what all the draft experts will tell you. All the good executives will tell you that. So I saw my guy, and I got him.
2: Here's what I think. I think I still – there's still a part of me that thinks Jonathan Bender is going to be a superstar in this league. Um, I know I, – I, I just – I just know that every single year I talk myself into Jonathan Bender. Chris, I know for a fact you talked yourself into Jonathan Bender yeah. every single year. It's going to be like this was his year um, to really uh, step out of the box. So um, I just think that I don't think he's done yet. How old is he now? Let's just check this out. This is what Twitter can do. And while, you're
1: looking, while you're looking that up, he was like – back then he was projected to be what people thought Kevin Durant is now. Obviously not as good, but that was kind of his prototype.
2: Yeah, I mean – he was, he was born of, in 81. He yeah, so
0: 39.
2: He's 39. Um, and here's the thing, though. This is what people aren't talking about here. Um, he didn't play for three straight years, so really he's 36. He had a knee injury for three straight years. That must have been a real <laughs> B word. But he's still got three years on those legs, so he's really 36. Uh, I wouldn't count him out quite yet. He did shoot seven. Looks like 17% from the three-point line a couple of years, so maybe, maybe the game can pass him up a little bit. But... I do I do think Bender, you know, could have been good, but clearly just couldn't do it. So his best season, it looks like 7.4 points, uh, three rebounds, and not even an assist. So, Hawk, that might have been a pretty solid pick. I just remember Bender being the guy that we all believed in.
0: Yeah, I mean, he averaged so 20, almost 22 minutes a year one, 22 minutes a game one year and only got seven points, not even three rebounds a game. So, I mean, come on. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, with my pick here, I believe we're in the third round. Um, I'm going to go ahead and get this guy before he slips off the board. This guy is a first-round talent. I can't believe he slipped to me here. Um, And, you know, I got my two guards in Orion Green and Ben Hansborough for the future. Now I need a big man to throw down there, down low. Uh, You know, a banger, (laughs) a guy who's got championship pedigree. He won a championship with the San Antonio Spurs in 2005. Um, You know, you could say he's not really that bad, but he's just been viewed as a terrible basketball player, so he's definitely got to be on my roster. 12 seasons in the NBA, I am taking Rasho Nesterovich. Stephen A. A. Smith voice there, Uh, he used to be the guy who said that rosho nasterovich and always made fun of him but anyways rosho is gonna be my center the guy down low uh, played one season with the pacers he was involved in the Jermaine o'neill trade that sent jo to the raptors in return the pacers got uh, a first round pick along with that turned into roy hibbert along with rosho and tj ford rosho only played one season with the pacers averaged six and a half points 3.4 rebounds per game and this was a career high for him in assists. He averaged 1.6 assists per game. So obviously, would be a monster in today's game, where passing by big men is key. Uh, you know, he's. I think I saw one year uh, his he was. Sh- I mean, he was shooting like zero percent from three. So I mean, he's a modern day big. He would fit in uh, just great with my roster. You know, building one of the shittiest rosters you could build nowadays. So give me Rosho Nestorovich there. I love the pick. First round talent. Can't believe you guys passed. Up on him uh, when you had the chance several times.
0: Just just looking at his picture, I mean, this this is probably the ugliest motherfucker that has ever played a Pacers game. Like he is absolutely hit. He looks like Vladimir Putin and like SpongeBob got like hit by a semi truck he's just terribly just weird looking, balding in like spots I didn't know you could bald. I mean, you could roast this guy all freaking day. So yeah, I mean, you think that deal really like tipped the edge in the JO trade? You think Give us Rasha or we're not doing it. Or do you think they could have just left him out of it? Like, that doesn't even make sense to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know what his salary was, but it was probably maybe one of those cases where you salary dump him, but still it was only one season. And the funniest part about it is he played. He was with the Raptors, and then he got traded to the Pacers, and then he was immediately then traded – or immediately went back to the Raptors the following season. <laughs> so he finished <laughs> – not even get rid of him. Yeah. So he finished the season after playing 70 games with the Pacers. He finished that season – went back to playing in toronto so uh maybe he was like a spy i mean he's kind of like you know one of those villains in james bond you kind of described his ugly features maybe he was one of those you know uh ukrainian spies or wherever the hell he was from i'm not sure where he's from but uh he he was just sent to indiana to get some intel for for canada for you know a year and then he just went back to toronto to kick it so uh i could definitely see that being the case
2: dude i'll tell you why he looks like uh, he looks like Mr. Magoo's evil henchman that just kind of hangs around and just I mean this guy is ugly as shit you know what those Spongebob squarepants is one hell of a thing I can see it right in his little crusty little eyes he does look like Spongebob
0: does he not huh? it's too we didn't in his prime I mean I've been saying that for years
2: <laughs> I love it Chris that's a great pick I love it
1: alright now give us your two back to back picks
0: Can we trade picks? Can we trade one of our uh, back-to-backs we have left? I, I mean, I'm open to any deals you
2: could you could possibly swing my way.
0: I'm just saying, if you wanted to trade one of your picks now for a later pick, which is not advantageous to you in any way, maybe just do it. Well, here's what I'm thinking. I I actually let me make
2: one pick, and then we'll talk about that trade because this is the uh, draft for shitty players. That would be one of the worst trades ever if I just traded back without gaining future assets. Does not okay. make sense, bro. Yeah, it does. It almost does. Okay, let me draft this guy because I gotta get him. Uh, these centers are coming off the board quick, and I got I just gotta draft this guy. So I don't know what pick this is. This is my third round pick. I gotta go with Zon Tabak. Tabak. who uh, just cracked, just cracked that twenty first century team. Uh, He was on the 1999-2000 team, and then the 2000-2001 team. Olzan sucks. Um, He is a 7-foot Turkish big man. uh, He played in 18 games um, in 19 and 20, and he averaged 2.1 points a game and only two rebounds as a freaking 7-foot kid. Um, and it's just it's almost laughable Um, and then the next year he actually started 14 games for the Pacers Um, and that's Zan Tabak and I mean you want to see a an ugly guy look at look at old Zan Tabak if you can because Zan Tabak can you spell that for me because I I need to see him Z-A-N-T-A-B-A-K um, he was like this. He's like this Croatian coach, and he looks like he has been on methamphetamine for no less than twenty years of his life.
0: Look at him. Basketball Reference doesn't even have a picture of him, so I know it's got to be bad if they if they can't even have a picture of him. So I got to go to Google Images for this. It kind of looks
1: like he kind of looks like great value Christops Porzingis.
0: Yeah, see, I, I think the other guy's uglier, but I could see how, like in some countries, he could be seen as kind of like a sexy guy, you know. <laughs> I guess, but if you look,
2: I don't know if you can see those eyes. Those eyes, if, if he looked at you in a dark alley, you, you're you going to turn around and run. It's its elbows and assholes running away from this guy because this guy looks like he means absolutely uh, just the bad kind of business. He just looks like the type of guy that's just, like, drugging people. Are you looking
0: right? at the picture of him in the blue tie? Yes. Like the, yes. Yes, that, I see that. That is crazy. <laughs>
2: Chinned out. He just saw his target from across the room, and uh, he's going to go in for the kill. So Zon Tabak, the seven footer he'll be manning the center position. So I got a big team. I'm working Zon Tabak, uh, Shane Whittington as my power forward, and uh, Jeff Ayers Pindergraf as my small forward. And uh, I think I'm going to trade this pick to Hawk. Hawk, here's what I want from you. I want uh, you can have this pick. I'll take your next pick. And I want you to say one compliment about Baker Mayfield. We got a deal.
0: Uh, That might be a deal break. One compliment? One
2: One compliment. It doesn't have to necessarily be football related.
0: I'd say Baker Mayfield will not be the worst quarterback in the AFC North this year.
2: All right, I'll take it. I'll take it. So you can have this pick, and I'll uh, I'll pick after Chris and uh, you here.
0: Sounds good. For this pick, I had to go up. You were taking a center. I thought you were going to take him. I'm taking Bruno Sundov. Oh. That's a great pick. <laughs> you know, so I have I have probably the tallest, worst team ever created. Anybody with any kind of good guard play is going to carve right through my team. They're going to be good at rebounding. You're going to have a trouble in the paint. But Sundov, I mean, he played from 99 to 05, and he never averaged more than 2.2, 2.3 points per game. He did have a year where he played 11 games and almost had four, but we're not even going to count that. The year with the Pacers, he had, you know, he was averaged 1.5, and it looks like he didn't even play a start a game, play 22 games. So, I mean, two-point field goal percentage is 40% as a big man. So, give me a freaking break. Give me Sundov all freaking day. It's a hell of a pick. Yeah, and, you know, for the trade value especially, I think I got – you know, something I can work with. Uh, Luckily,
2: he, he was not going to be my next pick. Luckily, you didn't pick my guy, so I'm really hoping Chris doesn't pick him here either.
1: Who is your guy? I can't tell you. So, yeah, I'm starting to notice a theme here. Uh, I've seen a lot of Croatians and Ukrainians and tall white guys being picked here. <laughs> so, uh, it's it's there's just a common theme here of players that are coming off the board. Anyways... Now it's up to my pick, um, and I'm kind of I'm tangled here on who who I wanted to pick here. But uh, this next guy, you know, we've been talking about these James Bond villain type players, these henchmen, and I would be remiss if I didn't get another enforcer down low in the paint there. Um, so I'm gonna take Kyrylo Fasenko, uh, center, seven foot one. Um, he only played one season with the team back in 2012. He played five seasons total in the NBA, four with the Jazz, and then one there with the Pacers. Um, he was signed after the sad announcement that Jeff Foster retired. So pretty much he had been looking to play in the NBA, didn't get the opportunity. Uh, Jeff Foster retires, and the Pacers just decide, okay, fine, we're going to go sign Fasenko here. Um Ever since he played with the Pacers that year, he only played in three games. Um, those were some magical games where he averaged 2.7 points per game, three rebounds per game. Um, <laughs> since then, has not sniffed an NBA court or a jock strap since playing for the Pacers. If you look him up right now, you'll see he wore wristbands on each arm, and he looked like a complete and total dweeb. I think that was something that maybe they wore back in the 90s, and he was trying to bring it back here in this past decade. And it just didn't play well for him. So, uh, you know, if you look at him, he's a big, burly guy. He's probably overweight now, probably weighs 350. Um, you know, I think he's from Russia or Croatia, wherever. You know, he might be He might be in a mob. I don't know, but I need an enforcer down there. Kind of like the Davis brothers back in the 90s for this shitty Pacers team. I need two enforcers down there, Nesterovic and Fasenko.
0: Yeah, I... He kind of looks like a guy that would still sniff some jog straps. So I don't know if you can be 100% accurate with that. I feel like he still might, you know, find one or two, maybe gets one off, you know, some kind of deep, dark website, delivered to his house, gently used strap for sale. You, you just can never be too sure with this kind of stuff. So great pick, another good value pick. I think the value might be running thin, though, for these next two, but those astonishing pick. Yeah. Hawk is this one my pick now is this the trade is this the pick I yeah got? this is the traded pick this crick pick now belongs to Jake light
2: okay well i'm really glad my guy's still on the board here um my team was just it was almost it, it was just too white i wanted to go out and i wanted to get somebody big i wanted to get another big man here. So I'm, I'm going to go out, and I'm going to get me Rakeem Christmas. I mean, what a last name in Christmas. I mean, my God. I, I, here's why I went with Rakeem Christmas, because I used to, back in the day, like I was all about, like in high school, we always looked up like the top-rated recruits. We were all about them. And I remember Rakeem Christmas, I believe, was a five-star recruit um, going to Syracuse. And uh, I, just, I just remember the name Christmas, Syracuse. I was so excited when the Pacers got him. In 2015, uh, I thought, I thought okay, this is one of those like five-star projects that he ends up being good because, you know, that's what happens. And I couldn't have been more wrong. He only played in one game uh, in 2015-2016. He did score four points and managed a rebound. Um, however, 2016-2017, he actually played 29 games, which is absolutely shocking. And he only scored two points a game and less than two rebounds. So, Rakeem Christmas... Only 44% field goal percentage as a big man. So I just – I had to go another one more enforcer. Uh, I think Whittington's going to slide down to the small forward position. Um, and Jeff Pendergraf, I'm going to have this huge-ass lineup uh, just for this, the goon squad. And I'm looking for a point guard here to run this show, and I think I got one pin. So um, I'm really liking the way my shitty-ass
0: team is uh, is rolling right now. Yeah, thoughts on the pick, Chris?
1: Um yeah, I like the pick there. Uh he's uh you know it, it's kind of interesting because that 1617 season 3 years ago something like that and he mentioned that he played in 20 plus games and I think it's I think it's a revelation there that you know you realize how bad a player is when you know recency bias three years ago you still have a pretty good idea about what happened and you can't recall rakeem christmas playing in even one game so that's a pretty good pick there just for the fact that he played in that many games and we can't remember it
0: yeah, I think I only can remember him getting into one game. Me and be like, "Oh, I can't wait to see what he's got." And then I feel like I just don't even remember what happened from that point on. And from then, it's just kind of blank. So maybe he never got the shot he deserved. Maybe that's where we're coming to. But yeah. I agree. Terrible overall pick. Player. <laughs> All right, for Mister Relevant. No,
1: we got another. We got another round, dude. <laughs> There's another is round, round still. This is
0: oh my last. god! I thought I had the last pick.
2: No, I
0: have the last pick, and I have Mr. Irrelevant. Damn. You, you want to make a trade? So I start nah, – no, nah, you know what? Screw it. I was going to go Chase Buttinger here, but, you know, I, I think for our guy W, because, you know, I, I just don't want to see W disappointed. I know he's going to be pissed off. And, you know, I think I'm going to win the fan vote with this as well. I'm going to take Tyreek Evans. I know he said he might not fit the quality, you know, but – just that whole – from what he should have been to what he was, I think I, I think you can put him on this list. So give me Tyreek Evans, you know, the drug addict himself. It's a hell of a pick. Yeah. You know, I it's, it's just right he was there. After last year, it's just right we mentioned him.
1: Yeah, I like the pick, uh, kind of you know, piggybacking off of you know what I was looking to do earlier in my draft is you don't want to look at just the on-the-court stuff here. You want to look off the court. What is he doing off the court that makes him a solid pick in this draft? And when you're doing cocaine that's a hell of a drug, maybe some even harder stuff than that, that, that puts him definitely, uh, I think, you know, if he wasn't so disliked, he probably would have been a first-round talent. But since we didn't really like him, no one wants to talk about him like, you know, you you want to forget uh, he's worthy of our first-round pick here, and getting him here in the last round, I, I think that's a solid pick overall by you.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I got to – whatever to make W not mad at us, I'm going to do.
1: What are your thoughts on it, Jake?
2: I mean, Tyreek, uh, he's, I mean, he's the best basketball player that's been drafted so far, but he definitely has the most question marks, and you never know what he's – going to be you know ripping lines off a toilet seat right before the game so I think this is a solid pick uh it's not shot by Hawk I I think this might have made Hawks team the actual like best team if we had to like trot them out there so I don't know if that's what he was going for but I mean he sucks I mean he he was terrible seems like every one of these bench guys that we get that we think are going to be great like him or Gerald Green or somebody like that they always turn out to suck at doing cocaine and crap so that's that's really unfortunate but um yeah Tyreek he, he sucks I guess I'll give it
0: to you Hawk. yeah and you know I'm going for the fan vote here with Leaf and Tyreek there's no way I don't want a fan vote yeah I think you know
1: just with that you definitely took the fans into account here and by adding Leaf and Tyreek in there I think it's a no-brainer uh that people are going to be on your side for this just because of recency bias mostly um yeah. Anyways, all right. Here with my this is my last pick here, the draft, and uh, I've got the enforcers here. And I've I've taken two big men. All right, so in Fasenko and Asterovich, I have two big men. But uh, kind of like uh, Billy Mays, I'm gonna do the wait. There's more here, and I'm gonna take another big man here, a power forward, center. He's gonna have to slide to the small forward on this roster. Um, but the biggest thing for me here is I need more championship experience on this roster. I have it in Nostarevich, but that's one of the most important things. You have Tyreek and you have TJ Leaf that may be better basketball players. But they don't know what to do in the playoffs. They they've never been you know to that type of atmosphere. So give me this guy, six nine power forward. Uh, he played for the Pacers back in two thousand and five. Played one season there. He's a ten year NBA veteran. Played with the Mavs, Spurs, Lakers, Heat, Wizards, and the Pacers. Last season was with the Pacers. And like I said, he won an NBA championship with the Los Angeles Lakers. Give me Samaki Walker. Is that a name that you guys remember there?
0: I do, Samaki. Samaki, well, I like the name. I can't tell you I remember anything about his name. Now,
1: listen to these stats with the Pacers. He played in seven games with the Pacers that season. Here's his stats. 0.3 points per game, 0.4 rebounds per game. 0.0 assists per game he didn't even record one assist any he's a 6'9 power forward who averaged 0.1 blocks per game so he was under one on each of the main stat categories couldn't even make that mark couldn't even record an assist which whatever he's a big man but still sometimes you just luck your way into an assist and he couldn't even do that uh he's a championship proven. So I do like that. And the other thing that is a a keynote here, uh, that why I want him on my roster is because, uh, he was once punched in the face by Kobe Bryant over a hundred bucks. So another interesting tidbit there on Samaki.
0: Can you spell Samaki for me? I got to look up his career highs. It's
1: S a M a K I.
0: Okay. Jake, what do you think about that pick? Uh,
2: If you can get a guy with the name of Samaki, I think, in the last round, uh, you got to go out. You got to do it. I mean, seven games, uh, three minutes a game, 0.3 points. That's a hell of a get from Chris. Um, I'm sorry. I'm trying to study up on who I want my last pick to be. I know who Chris wants my last pick to be, but uh, I'm just trying to study up a little bit. I know Samaki Walker sucks, so I'll applaud the pick.
0: Yeah, Samaki Walker's game highs with Indiana. He had two points. Two personal fouls, a block, no assists, and two rebounds. So those were his, his highs with the Pacers.
1: That's not too shabby right there. No, not at all. All right, let's get a drum roll here for our last pick in the draft. Mr. Irrelevant, in the 2020 worst Pacers since 2000 draft, Nick team selects.
2: I'm going to make the people happy. Um, I was going to go with Travis Diener, um, but uh, I just can't. I got to give the people what they want. Uh, Mr. Irrelevant for the uh, 2020 uh, shitty Pacers draft will be Zarunas. Yes, a Keviches. Um, story behind old Zarunas uh, I was an idiot uh, back in the day. This is 2005, so I was a 15 year old, uh, heavily hormonal boy. Um, and, and I was, uh, testosterone was starting to flow, and I had read where the Pacers signed this like MVP from overseas. I immediately bought his jersey, I didn't realize he was already 30 years old, um, and so I bought a Sarunas Yes, a Kevin Chess jersey, um, I threw it away a couple of years ago, I really, it was one of the worst decisions I've ever made in my life, was to throw that away, so I gotta live with that every day. I threw it out right, right before I left for college, so... Uh, Sarunas is not the worst player drafted on my team. He actually had a couple of uh, decent seasons, 7.3 points uh, one season with three assists. and the other season with the Pacers, he averaged 7.4 with three assists. So he's pretty much just a 7.3 assist guy. But the main reason I drafted him is because he can't shoot the three ball at all. Um, And I pretty much thought he was the savior. I thought he was Jesus Christ coming over uh, to play on the Indiana Pacers. And I spent like $100 on a jersey, and um, he ended up being just uh, another piece of shit, uh, white guy that Larry Bird fell in love with. So it really hurt me. Yeah,
0: yeah, it says here he played college at Maryland, which I had no idea when he was 18 through 21.
2: Yeah, I didn't know that either. All I know is I got duped into buying his jersey.
0: Yeah, that's rough. I mean, it's, it's a good pick. He was just a fun name to say and throw out there, but you know. Definitely, I wish we would have got Yassikevages in his prime. People say that all the time,
1: too, you know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, uh, there we go. We have it there. Um, I'll go through the teams. Obviously, we'll put it up to a vote, but uh, let me pull up my roster here. So on my roster, I got uh, Karilo Fesenko, uh Orion Green, Ben Hansbrough, Rosho Nesterovich, and Samaki Walker. So, three white guys there on my roster. Uh, for Hawks' team, he has TJ Leaf, Dama Rudej, Jonathan Bender, Bruno Sandov, Sandov and Tyreek Evans. So, once again, three white guys there on Hawks' team. And then to wrap it up on McDouche's team, Shane Whittington, Jeff ayer slash Zan Tabak, Rakim Christmas, and Sarunas Yasekevichis. Once again, three white guys. So, common rule theme here is there were nine white guys selected out of our 15 players. Are you shocked by that? No, I honestly thought it would be more. Like, if you just think
0: about our history, especially recently, if this is post-2000, I thought it would be a little more. I mean, that's, 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 that's what's surprising for me. It's not more.
1: Jake? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know that, uh, I basically think if
2: Larry Bird saw our draft, he would probably pop one because he loves him. Some white guys. Um, honestly, a guy that could have been added to this list. I really wanted to add Travis Diener to the list. He's another white guy. they are just endless white guys that the Pacers have given us an opportunity to make fun of. Um, and so we capitalized on it. I think we did. I think we gave the people what they want. Um, and uh, names like Tabak and uh, Damian Rudez or Damo Rudez whatever it is those are just names that you forgot existed until you were looking up the shittiest Pacer players in the 21st century so I think we did a great job boys
1: absolutely so that's going to wrap up our draft there and uh, coming up next we're going to talk a little Dick Versace and then also some Tiger King so stay tuned you won't want to miss what we got for you next
0: time for Born Ready to Pop discussion on the most interesting man in the world, Dick Versace, also known as the Flying
1: Gun. Alright, so Dick Versace, uh, you know, a very prominent guy here. Uh, We actually learned who he was last week. He had coached the Pacers before our time, Um, but... Uh, do you want me to just run through the Versace facts, or should we just, you know, kind of discuss as we go through it?
0: Yeah, we, we ran across the name Dick Versace when we were doing a Setting the Pace little, uh, you know, pre-show research, and we came across Dick Versace, and Chris especially has just become enamored with this man, and just the fact that his name is Dick Versace is, is something to behold. So why don't you just tell us... Here's the facts you found, and we'll just go from there.
1: All right, so most interesting man in the world. I mean, like I said, when you dive into this stuff on the the web, you're not really expecting much, but doing a deep dive into Versace's Wikipedia page, some of the interesting stuff that I found. First things first, he was born April 16th of 1940, uh, so he's got a birthday coming up. Uh, He's going to be age 80 here in a couple weeks. Uh, But one of the biggest things here was he was born and raised in Fort Bragg, North Carolina. Uh, So born and raised there. Fun fact, a 1960s television sitcom called The Flying Nun was based on his mother's book where she was the author. So how interesting is that?
0: Wow. Yeah, so just to start, I mean, this guy's old as shit. He's got a birthday coming up, and his mom wrote a book. So, I mean, three for three on interesting stuff so far. I mean, he's seen a lot. He's lived through a lot. The Kennedy assassination, you know, coronavirus now. You know, he, you know, we got to – on April 16th, we have to have some kind of Born Ready to Pod monument post about Dick Versace.
1: Yeah. Um, anyways, moving on, he was the first American of Puerto Rican descent to coach an NBA team, which was the Pacers. Um. He also did not play basketball in college, didn't play basketball much, uh, but he did attend the University of Wisconsin Madison. So I don't think that's actually, you know, the actual University of Wisconsin. I think it's an affiliate, but still, congrats to him. Uh, during his assistant coaching days, he was heavily involved in recruiting Magic Johnson to Michigan State. So another big deed there. Um, Next up on here, he started coaching high school basketball and then from there was uh, promoted to the college ranks. He coached Bradley University in the early 1980s for eight seasons, leading them to two NCAA tournament appearances and an NIT championship with a 155-88 and 88 record. Thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, so I think UW-Wisconsin-Madison is Wisconsin. It mean, is. Wisconsin Parkside is like an affiliate,
1: and there's other one, But Madison, I think, is the main campus. Okay. And
0: then he recruited, he recruited Magic Johnson to the Michigan State. I mean, this guy, he's a Big Ten legend so far growing up, and he never coached basketball, and he said, you know what, I'm just going to coach these little high schoolers. <laughs> I, I'm imagining some kind of Hoosiers moment in my, in my head, and he just became, you know, kind of, he, he found his craft, found out what he was good at. So, so far, a very interesting man, a Puerto Rican man. With just a, a, the greatest name of all time, I really like it because he was born in
2: Fort Bragg, North Carolina, and uh, it's it says it says that he has an Italian American mother and a Puerto Rican Irish uh, who was a Puerto Rican Irish American author. That's a lot of shit going down. Yeah, like, that is that is a lot of shit. He, uh, you know, like you said, he went to Wisconsin, but then I think what we need to talk about here is. He, he has a championship pedigree. He was an NIT uh, champion at Bradley in 1981-82. And uh, I was negative nine years old then. But even back then, I think my hero was always Dick Versace. I just didn't know it.
0: Yeah, I agree. What, what else we got?
1: All right. Next up we have, uh, so after those seasons there, he moved on to the NBA. He was an assistant coach under uh, Chuck Daly, who coached there with the Pistons, the bad boy Pistons. Uh, he later moved on to become the Pacers head coach for 2 years his final record with the Pacers 73 and 87 he has posted the 11th best winning percentage in Pacers head coaching history better than what better winning percentage than that of Jim O'Brien he is also 12th in wins and this is out of 15 coaches total <laughs>
0: Yeah, so, I mean, his NBA career wasn't long, but, you know, he had a good run with the bad boy Pistons, you know, so that brings him some relevancy, and then, yeah, I mean, what more does he need to do? His name's Dick Versace, I mean, come on, he's been handed the world on a silver platter, he can do whatever he wants with the name Dick Versace, so, just the fact that he got, he's even the top 15 out of 15, to me, that's impressive and incredible, just because of his name. And I think uh, him just being able to uh,
2: parlay that into a bigger job. I think I think he, he the name Versace rings a bell because obviously Versace the actual uh, fashion designer. But I mean he got to coach under Chuck Daly, and then he got to come to the Pacers. And with a name like Versace, I mean this is a blue collar this is a blue collar town, blue collar state. You, you had to know Versace was not working out in Indiana. Like this was the worst place for him to go. Like you can't have the name Versace in a blue collar in a blue collar area and expect to,
0: um, you know, expect to thrive. No. Yeah, it only works if you're like winning every game and have a generational player. Then everyone's like, oh, you know, Indiana becomes Versace. Italian
1: overnight. If that. Yeah. So, uh, some more facts here. I'll wrap it up, and then we'll we'll go to comments. So after being fired from the Pacers gig, he served in many other job titles. He became a sportscaster first off at TNT, and then he later served as president of basketball operations for the Vancouver Grizzlies. So he was there in Vancouver, made the transition over to Memphis, and remained with the team through 2005. Then in 2007, in October of 2007, he announced he would run as a Democrat for the 18th Congressional District seat held in by a Republican congressman. Two months later, he announced he would not be running due to unforeseen personal circumstances. Would love to know what those were. Uh, another, you know key highlights here Versace is the brother of a Medal of Honor recipient Rocky Versace who was executed by the Viet Cong in 1965 and he's also divorced and has two kids that's all I got yeah his kids have to just be
0: like you know, nothing. I mean, how do you live up to the, just the name of your father like that? I mean, that's, that shadow is so large over their, you know, their legacy. I, I feel bad for his kids, really, honestly. But this sounds to me like Dick Versace is the NBA's Forrest Gump. Thoughts on that, Jake?
2: I, I love that. Um, and I also like the fact that his brother's name was Rocky. Rocky Versace. Yep. Like, strong. Going through high school and like you can just imagine, like people back in the day looking, holy shit, that's Rocky and Dick Versace. Like, <laughs> can <you imagine>? like just <laughs> in mean, North girl. Carolina,
0: was I mean, Roger just battling against like Kyle and Roger. Yeah,
2: a couple. Yeah, like Dylan's and just weirdos. And all of a sudden, you got Rocky Versace walking up to t- take your girl. Rocky and Dick Versace stole more girlfriends in high school than freaking John Travolta in Greece. That's all I'm gonna say.
1: <laughs> no thoughts on on the you know, running trying to seat at politics? I mean, what do you think his circumstances were that drew him out of the race?
0: Honestly, yeah, makes- just, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was just gonna say maybe his you know, his eyes got too big for his stomach on that one. I, I don't know. He seems like he, he's dropped from circum- circumstances, so who knows what could have happened, but you know, Dick Versace's got my vote if he wants to reopen his campaign. I'm guessing his nudes got out. That's what I'm guessing.
1: You thinking what?
2: I'm thinking his nudes must have got out. Maybe his first one. <laughs> think there's Dick for nudes grazing the internet? Yeah. Well, with a name like Dick, you're behind the A ball already, so. Yeah, I'm not going to look that up. No. <laughs> Don't Google that.
1: All right, so uh, that's our that's our little bio there on uh, Versace. We'll have some you know birthday wishes out for him here in a couple weeks. Happy 80th birthday there to Dick. Hopefully we get him on the show sometime. Um, anyways, but to wrap this episode up, non Pacers related, we've all watched the documentary at this point. At least I believe so. I know Hawk and I have uh seven episodes i think there was of the tiger king the newest netflix documentary um people kept talking about it so i watched it last weekend watched it in uh probably a day i would say it's really easy watch uh once you dive in you kind of just can't stop yourself you got to keep going you got to get more into the mess and then things just just spiral out of control so we kind of talked about it a little bit last week with setting the pace, but any more thoughts before we kind of start our rankings on the worst people on the show that you want to talk about?
2: The fucking uh, big hair baskets, Jake. Did you watch it? I did. I watched the whole thing. Yeah, I sure did. So, what are your thoughts? I I thought it was I thought it was pretty terrible. Honestly, like if I want to give my honest opinion, I think it was so terrible that. It, it's, like, so terrible that it's good. It's like that It's like that kid in high school that's so ugly, somehow all the hot girls get it for him. You know what I mean? Like, you're almost... It's so bad. Um, and I, I really... I found, I found myself liking uh, the Tiger King. I, I thought he was... I He was a likable guy and all these other people, like Jeff Lowe. I don't want to go into my rankings yet. I know we're going to do that. But, like, you, everybody that just kept popping up just seemed like bigger assholes than, than him. And so... I found myself really, really into it um, towards the end, and I I'm hoping he gets out of prison and uh, just wreaks some havoc. I, I know I'm going to buy some merch as soon as I can.
0: Yeah, I think we all have a little Joe Exotic in us, whether we like to admit it or not. And you know, <laughs> some people just let it out a little more than others. And he, he was he was unapologetically himself, and that's always admirable, I think. And but you're right; everyone else that was in it is worse than him somehow, and it's just the documentary. You're saying it's bad. I think it was well done, but like it, you're, maybe yeah. you're saying it's like trash TV, that kind of thing, which I don't mind at this point, you know, in the quarantine life. So this was a this was a blessing. And, you know, Joe, we all have some Joe Exotic in us. And, you know, uh, maybe he should be worshipped. Maybe he shouldn't.
1: Yeah, and I mean, kind of getting into, I mean, the third episode, they just dropped the bombshell that, you know, that she killed her husband, or most likely did. We all know that bitch, Carol Baskin, killed her husband. We all know that to be true. Um, There's no denying that. But anyways, uh, it's just, it was, like I said, you dive into it and you just you go in head first, and then you're just immediately immersed, and you can't get yourself out. You got to finish it. You got to figure out the trash, and then it's just at the same time, they're just throwing complete curveballs at your face, knowing what's going on here, um, and the main four people in the documentary, Joe Exotic, obviously. We got Carol Baskin, Jeff Lowe, and then Doc Antle, um, so there was obviously more people involved in the show, but those were definitely the four worst people, so... I wanna get your guys' rankings. I have my rankings. Who was the worst? And they're all dirt bags, they're all terrible people, but who was the worst dirt bag from one to four? We'll kind of just go through here each of our rankings and talk about it. What do you guys got? All right, well for number one is the
0: worst. It's a, it's a it's a toss-up between two. It's it's between Carol and Jeff Delo for me. I mean, I'm going to put Jeff D. Lowe number one just because I think you guys are going to have Carol number one, which is fine with me. I'm not, I wouldn't judge anyone who had Carol as the worst. There's a lot of reasons. I mean, we all know that bitch killed her, her, her husband. Put him in the septic tank or something. Yeah, I swear to God, it's under there if you look <laughs> under there. But Jeff D. Lowe, the look, and it is a look. You know, the, you know, the do-rag with the hat, the Oakley hat, or just the bike hat, the ripped jeans feeding tigers with, like, I don't even know Gucci shoes on it. It's definitely a look, but I just can't take him seriously, and I, I kind of hate everything about him. And I just think he kind of looked like a, a flaccid chode under that hat if he didn't have that hat on. So the Tigers are the only thing keeping him going. And I know, will those,
1: say, those I, right. I will say, I put under my notes here, kind of piggybacking off what you said. Uh, his look and the way he looks, he looks like he smells of heavy male cologne and sweaty balls.
0: So. Yes, yes, I couldn't have said it better myself. So that's going to be my number one pick. Are we just going through our whole list, or are we just doing number ones? Yeah, as as go far? through your list. All right, and then I'm going to... Carol Baskin's number two. I mean, she's doing what these other guys are doing in a, in a different way. She's not breeding, but everything else, she's profiting. People are working for her for free, ridiculous hours, and she just laughs about it. And You know, they reopened the case with her husband, so who knows? Maybe she did kill her husband after all. And then I got... Doc Antle, the Bogdavan, or whatever they called him. He's my three. You know, he's kind of the Bill Cosby of this whole situation. You know, he, he seems to be taking advantage of women the most and, you know, not paying employees as well, but I think he's got the coolest setup, you know, just away from when they were walking around his property, him riding bubbles around. I thought Ooh. that was cool, so not my worst, and then I got Joe Exotic in last place. Still not a great guy. I mean, that funeral scene with him singing and talking about his husband's balls, very cringeworthy. That part sucks for that family. But, you know, not the best guy, but you know, still the most lovable loser. We'll say.
1: And do you think his music videos, do you think that's his real voice or someone singing for him?
0: No, There's no way in hell that's his real voice And I think somebody told me that he's getting sued By the guy whose real voice it is So he's probably getting
1: sued by everyone at this point But there's no way in hell that's his real voice I think I think my favorite part And I can't remember the exact part it was But he walks in I think it's when he got sued by Carol And he kept switching like you know The ownership on everything He walks in and he goes I'm never going to financially recover from this I just lost it (laughs) <laughs> and I yeah, think that was great. I think the other part I liked was when he was doing his governor campaign. He was just like, "I don't wear suits. I like to have kinky sex, <laughs> just things like that." <laughs>
2: That's <laughs> so, cool. That's forever
1: cool. Yeah. Anyways, I'll go ahead and go through my rankings. Uh, very similar. Carol Braskins my number one. She killed her husband. She got away with it. She fed her fed him to the tigers. I think the biggest reason why I hated Carol was just because, like you said, she she was just like these other guys, but she was trying to play it off like she wasn't. Uh, she hadn't worked a day in her life, inherited all this money, and now she's just you know she's a con artist and she acts like she cares about these animals. But if you looked at them, the way they were drinking water, they had to stick their head through like this little hole in the fence. Like she was mistreating those animals. She's a piece of shit. She's my number one. Jeff Lowe, obvious number two. It could be just one A and one B here. Guy, I don't know how he gets away with it. He just continues to buy all these zoos. I think even read. That he plans on buying another zoo, he goes into business with the guy from Indiana, and then he doesn't even have the money to like front the business or the zoo or whatever, and he pisses the guy from Indiana off. So, like, this guy's just a piece of shit. He he looks like he smells like I said, heavy clone and sweaty balls. Uh, Like he said, his look is just ridiculous, Um, and he's just he's just a he's a dickhead. He's a guy that you know that he's just he's just a piece of shit. So Jeff Loeb, my number two. Yep, Doc Antle, my number three. What's up with the sex cult? What's going on there? I mean, it's just kind of nuts that this guy only had, like, one episode dedicated to him. He could have a whole documentary on him. Like, each of these people could have their own documentary, but Doc Antle definitely probably the biggest asshole when it comes to mistreating women uh and, and whatever the hell he's doing there but like he d- said he does kind of have a cool setup kind of weird that he rides an elephant everywhere he goes but i mean to each their own um and then joe exotic number four there complete dirtbag. bag uh, i i think he got set up i think you know he probably meant to you know he definitely wanted to kill that bitch, Carol Baskin. He said it like 50 times on camera. I mean, that's he said it. I mean, thousands, not even 50 times. He said it thousands of times. So he's definitely guilty in all of this. But he's the lovable criminal, um, and I'm sure right now in you know whatever jail cell he's at, um, he's probably found you know some love there in the jail. But he's also probably very happy with you know the notoriety and fame that he's gotten from this. So. He's still a piece of shit, but uh, I mean, getting 19% of the vote for governor uh, in Oklahoma—I mean, that was just impressive as hell. Yeah.
2: Jay? All right. So I—I I, my list is actually the exact same as Hawks. So number one for me is Jeff Lowe. It's pretty, it, like to me, Jeff Lowe is—it's very simple. Like he—he he is like you could look at him. Like, there could be a thousand people in a room, and you could look into that, into that group. You'd find Jeff Lowe, and you'd be like, that is the biggest piece of shit in this room. Because the way he looks, and he, he wants, like, he's still dressing like he's, like, 20, and he's, like, 60. He's found this wife that clearly is just with him for the money. Like, she's like, oh, yeah, he can go have sex with all these other people. Um, and so she's clearly not really with it and so he's like he's such a con artist that he knew how to he knew how to like cover his own tracks and get Joe Exotic
0: like to, to basically perjure himself and he knew how
2: to cut film it was just the most elaborate like setup in the history of setups and it takes a true con artist to be able to do that so i i think Jeff Lowe going into these businesses and just kind of, like, every single thing that he touches just turns black into ash. I mean, it's just, like, he's never going to be successful. He just, and then once this zoo's not going to work out, he's going to jump to something else. So, to me, the fact that he set up Joe Exotic and the fact that literally every other, like, second-degree character hated him and, like, would stop, like, working with him, I think that's kind of speaks volumes. And, I mean, how about that? Like, his pregnant wife, uh, she's, you know, she's getting ready to have a kid, and he, the thing he's most worried about is a hot nanny. Like, what is going on? Like, it's, the, it's, the it's the sleaziest shit I've ever seen. Uh, he was number one for me by far. Uh, now, I actually think my two and three are closer than one and two. I think Jeff's for sure one. I'm going to go number two, uh, Carol Baskins, um, and. The reason I'm going to go her is because she is like that person that's standing up, preaching to everybody what needs to happen, but she's also doing the exact same thing as the people she's like preaching to change. And so it's just like the pot calling the kettle black every time she talks. Um,
1: she's like the she's like the person right now that tells you to social distance and stay inside, but she's going out and going grocery shopping and all this other types of things right now. Oh.
2: I don't know. Yeah, she's, she's she's just the worst, um, and hello all you cats and kittens out there, like, she, she's just the worst, like, I, I, I she was the least likable character, I, I think Jeff had likable moments when I first met him, from the second that I saw Carol, I was like, I really hate her, like, yeah, I just hate her. Um, my number three, I almost had Doc full number two, uh, Doc just mistreats women so bad, and like, He's like preying on these pe- girls that just like animals and then they basically have to like, like touch him inappropriately have sex with him become his wife just so they can do what they love to do with the animals like that is just the worst of the worst like i just doc Antle, and he comes off i don't know if i had a kid like this in class he reminds me of somebody that like he is he's so like he's really smart but at the same time, like he's so like narrow-minded that he's dumb. Like he just—it's just—it's a complete cluster f. Every time he starts talking, and I loved how at the end he's like, "Oh, I'm running a clean business." And then at the end, it's like, "Yeah, Doc Antle—he got—he basically got arrested too." So Doc Antle, number three, and then Joe Exotic, number four, uh, might have been the craziest moment in television history, or yeah, t- TV history, when he started talking about uh, his dead husband's big old balls that everyone got to see. <laughs> I mean, that, that, the balls on that guy to do that, seriously. I mean, holy shit, that is incredible. Um, and his parents were just, or his mom, I shouldn't say, shaking her head. Um, I got to get some Joe Exotic merch. Um, I know, I feel like if I, that's going to be whenever we're done with the social distancing, I say we all three have some sort of Joe Exotic shirt and go out in public and just really, really make some waves.
0: Yeah, Halloween still happens this year. There is no way that is not the number one Halloween costume. And you know, I think I'd make a pretty good Doc Antle Halloween costume. But there is no way in hell I'm not going as Joe Exotic. I mean, there's no. the drip is just too unreal. Listen, Chris would be
2: one hell of a Jeff Lowe Yes, um, he would. He would literally would. Be the I'll best be Jeff Joe, I'll be Joe, Chris could be Jeff, and you could be Doc
0: Antle, and then we'll make we, we'll just we make, make a, a pretty. Movie. We could do something with that. I think would be really good.
1: And the other part... What,
0: the, the jet ski? what was that guy's name? Do um, we remember that guy's name? Oh, yeah, he was great. Was it John? No. Was, I can't, that, I that can't remember meme his name. Gift going around, that gif going around is hilarious. <laughs> just riding that jet ski. I think uh, the best Pacers gif would be just put Doug McDermott coming into the game, and that's him riding <laughs> that jet ski. would be pretty funny, I think. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that was that was definitely funny. I think that my favorite video is like when the twelve hundred dollar stimulus check hits and it has him riding in on that jet ski to that new song that Ratchet <laughs> we song. Pacers
2: memes. We need some good pacers and Tiger King crossover memes. Like I was trying to think of a good one where like where he's like getting tackled by the tiger. Like <laughs> 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 just something like
1: You like, damn son I- of a bitch. <laughs>
2: <laughs> stupid
0: bear. I will shoot
1: you. Anyways. All right. Any more Tiger King thoughts?
0: You know, this is what we needed. Something like this. And, you know, I don't know if they could make something better than this or keep doing stuff like that. Give me the next. What's the next? Like, I can't even think of how they'd top something like this. The next, there like, ring be. underground.
1: There will be a second season. I guarantee it.
0: We need There's it. There's got a story being unfolded, so...
1: Yeah, they, they only touched the surface of this, and they it could be a cash-generating machine. They just got to make, like, five seasons of them just talking about dumb shit that they're doing.
2: Listen, here's what I know. It, the, you cannot convince me that that group was not into, like, either a drug ring, like a prostitution ring... Like, they're, they're that group of people, that is a weird group. They're into some different shit. I mean, they're, you gotta dig a little deeper. I mean, somebody's digging deeper right now, finding some shit, you know it.
0: I wanna know how Jeff Lowe made money. You know, he apparently is in a bunch of debt, but, you know, somewhere along the line, he had to have money, right? Like, how, where did he get the money? How <laughs> does he act like he has money? I, I need to know that story, because
2: that man is the worst of the worst. He is. I agree, Hawk.
1: Yeah, so... All right, that's going to wrap up this episode of the Born Ready to Pod podcast. Um, and that's all we got for you. Pacers draft here. Uh, then, you know, a little Dick Versace. Make sure you guys wish him wish him a happy birthday on the 16th. And then if you haven't yet, make sure you're bored right now. Go watch the Tiger King. Um, but stay safe out there, everyone. We hope to get through this as soon as possible. Um, and get the NBA and NFL season, MLB season, started here soon and on time. So, with that, we wish you guys a good weekend, and we'll see you guys here soon.